Be ready for everything and anything. Every good player has the ability to slow the game down. It doesn't matter what just happened, it's what you're gonna do next. Donut three! One, two, three, zone! Welcome to the Get Zoned In podcast for coaches looking to improve their skills and knowledge both on and off the field. Whether you're a seasoned veteran or just starting out, this podcast is for you. We'll be exploring a variety of topics that are relevant and important to baseball and softball coaches, but this advice can be used for all sports and skill levels. Join us as we dive into the world of coaching and learn from some of the best in the business. Whether you're looking to improve your team's performance or just want to make a positive impact on your players, we've got you covered. Let's go and let's play ball. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Get Zoned In podcast. I'm Duke Baxter here with Steve Nickerack, Inside Zone Sports Academy. And we have an awesome, awesome show for you today. Some of the events that are on deck, we have an awesome speed and explosive camp coming up with Major League Baseball renowned speed coach with the Tampa Bay Rays, Joey Greeny, coming up December 2nd and 3rd, and we're really excited about that. So all of our teams are in full fall swing, and this week our teams are heading out to Aberdeen for some Ripken baseball this weekend. Coach Steve, where are you guys heading this weekend? Yeah, we're going down to Philly. We have a, uh, a team camp, so it's a college exposure camp for our 18U guys. I, don't, I think we have three or four teams going down to Ripken, and that's just always a, a fun finisher. We're, we've been dodging rain, so we're doing our rain dance and hoping that uh, things don't get rained out this weekend. But uh, you know, the basis for our discussion today is going to be the end of the season wrap-up. You know, A lot of the guys are finishing up fall ball. Um, there's some softball teams that are still going for a few more weeks, but you know, we've got tryouts coming up next week you know, where we're jumping right into the 2024 season of, of spring and summer. So... Uh, you know, we're finishing up this fall, and I know a lot of you guys are in the same boat. So we're going to talk about the, the best ways to, to kind of put the icing on the cake and, and, yep. and finish off and, you know, some things that you guys can do as you head into the off season and things that you can, you can do with your team. So really excited for today's episode. Let's jump right into um, topic number one, player evaluations and how they're more than just numbers for Coach Duke. You know, I think that in the fall it's interesting because the fall season goes by so fast. It's six weeks, and like Coach Steve just said, you know, it's rained – three of the weekends, three in a row. So we don't have a lot of games under our belt. We do have a lot of practices and, and a few games. So sometimes creating evaluations for players at the end is, is not that easy. And last year, I remember Coach Steve and I were talking about, you know, what should we be going over with our players? Because they might only have 15, 20, 25 at-bats, and you don't want to really talk about them as hitters or pitchers if some of them haven't really have too many numbers. So we talked about some of the things that they can control. So we put stuff on there like attitude, uh, teamwork, team player, what's their bounce back like. We did have their average, their ERA, but we also put, to put a bunch of you know baseball IQ, some other things that they can control. And the parents really, really liked that part. We labeled them one through five. We left some notes on there, and we just feel that it's so important to go beyond just the numbers because by doing that, it allows us to put together a game plan for those players you know, as they head into the offseason. So player evaluations, try to make it more than just numbers. Dig into some of their, uh, you know, the characteristics. How are they culture-wise? How are they as a, on a team? Um, how are they when, when they go and got tough? All that sort of thing because parents like to hear as well as do players, 
you know, a little, little self-assessment of themselves. So we feel that that's, that's really important. So as we head into the question number two is reflecting as a team. Uh, talk a little about maybe some of your celebrations. What'd you learn from the season? Yeah, I think that's great. The only I would just add one piece to, to Coach Dukes because these, these two are kind of tied in. You know, I think those end of the season evaluations are so important, guys, because the numbers aren't just going to paint the full picture of the season. Right. Um, you know, I have so many kids that I can look back at 12, 13, 14 years old where they might not have had the best season, but... You know, I talk about the importance of taking notes all the time mm-hmm. and, and really jotting down things that players did well throughout the season. And, you know, if you just go through the numbers and they hit 185, they pitched okay, they made a bunch of errors, you know, they're going to leave that, that meeting with a sour taste yeah. in their mouth. So being able to take notes and talk about how productive they were at the plate, how many quality of bats did they have, you know, what kind of a team player, all those the intangibles that Coach Duke was just talking about, you know, you want to try your best to, of course, give constructive criticism, but also talk about some of the positives too, especially for those kids that didn't do well. You know, and then reflecting as a team, celebrate and learn. I mean, you can do this in one-on-one meetings um, with with the parents. You can do it as a team. Ask your players, you know, what was your your favorite part of the season? What was your your, your most fond memory of the season? Sometimes you're going to get some funny answers. I know you do that Mm -hmm. too with with the little guys, you know, where you say, you know, what, what was your favorite part of the game today? And Sometimes you get some crazy answers. You know, mm-hmm. well, I love the way, you know, Johnny ran for that fly ball and his hat flew off his head. You know, at, at that age, right. sometimes their priorities or their memories aren't going to be the same as ours. So, you know, being able to celebrate, learn from the experiences, you know, it jumps us right into the, the end of the season event, you know, the perfect closure, which I want Duke to talk about. But I was just going to jump into, like, yeah. finding a way to, like I said in the beginning, put put the icing on the cake, get together, do something fun with the kids to you know, send everyone off on a positive note. I think, you know, the uh, the closing end of the season is is just as fun as the, the preseason, right? You don't know your players. You're trying to figure out a way to break the ice. You're trying to figure out a way to get them to understand one another and who's who. And, you know, you have 12 kids that maybe never even saw each other before. They never played together. And you have to bring them together for and as a team for the next six weeks. So we do the same exact thing as our end of the season wrap up. Maybe it's a, a parent player wiffle ball party. Maybe it's a pizza party. And maybe it's just some kind of fun get together to where you can, you can have some cake, you can talk, you can hang out a little bit um, and just, you know, rethink and just, just, just talk about how fun the season was because here's where you can get some feedback from parents as well. You're getting feedback from the players, from the parents, from the other coaches about the season. What did they like about it? What didn't, maybe what could they have changed a little bit, but getting them in this kind of an environment takes the pressure off. It's way more chill or you're not in the middle of a one, one game or a five, four game. And you're, you're seeing parents that are all, all amped up and said, you're getting it into a much more relaxed environment. So we always uh, find that having those, Team meetings are, are, are really important. We know, too, because we talked about it so often mm. that those end-of-the-season events are the things that we always remember. Yeah. You talk about it all the time, about getting ice cream at Polar Cub. I remember going to Mr. Puglisi's house for the end-of-the-season pool party. Those are the yep. things that, you know, the kids are going to remember. They're not going to remember their record or their batting average or, you know, any of the team statistics, but they will remember, you know, having fun with their buddies one last time before the season ended because, unfortunately, a lot of times – that's the last time those 12 kids are going to play together. You know, yeah. kids might move. They might bounce to another team. They might not make the team ne- the, the, the following year. So giving those kids those, those lasting memories to, to look back on always keeps it fun. And, you know, the cool thing about that as well is it's, 
you kind of you get the kids outside of their their uniforms as well. So now you're like, wow, so and so really opened up this season, and or wow, he really opened up while we were at the party, and you know he's a great kid. We you don't really get to go over and and kind of know the kids that well sometimes. So having these types of events all throughout the fall is is a smart thing. You win a championship, have a pizza party. Your guys play really well, have a you know do just. Just do fun things throughout the entire time because you want them to realize that this sport, this game, is all about teamwork and fun. It's not just about how many hits did I get today and, oh, my gosh, I need to have a poor attitude because I went over 3. Instead, it's like, man, what am I looking forward to next? This coach has always got something up his sleeve, and, man, this, this team is so fun. You know, and sometimes you can even do that with swag, right? You know, wearing cool stuff, yep. having, having cool shirts, hats. You know, it's, it, it's all the, the experience of the game is, is all surrounding you. So as coaches, try to dive into a bunch of these, you know, different things. That's what that we're going over today. Next one is, is prepping for the offseason. Um, you know, I think you can look at this um, on two ends. One, for the players, and then two, as a coaching staff. So first, for the players, you know, so often we do these evaluations. Kids talk about their goals. They talk about what they want to do better for next season, but have no plan. They have right. no idea where to start. Um, you know, where to even begin. So it's, it's our job as coaches in these evaluations, in, in these end-of-the-season meetings, to kind of help create that roadmap for them. You know, this is what we got to do for next season. You know, here, here's, here's a great plan for you, whether it's getting stronger, getting faster, you know, doing better at the plate, arm strength. You know, everybody's got something to improve on. So, you know, prepping for the offseason, keeping these kids moving. There's a lot of kids going into basketball season, into hockey or you know, we've got a lot of kids this fall playing football, and we encourage multi-sport athletes. We want kids to go yeah. be athletic and get coached by different people with different philosophies and, you know, just build the overall athlete. But for those guys that aren't, well, you know, maybe take a couple weeks off, you know, shut the arm down for the next two months, but there's a lot of things that we can do to get better. And that could be speed and agility training. It could be sports performance. It could be doing infield classes. It could be doing our arm care and velocity program. So we've put these pieces in place to help kids get equipped and get ready for next season but then it's us it's our job as coaches to let these kids know and really kind of just create the roadmap for them and then on the coaching end you know sitting down with your coaching staff and saying you know what did we do well what could have been better what equipment did we need um, you know were practices efficient you know what can we do better as a coaching staff to get better for next season too so I think it's it's, it's on both ends you know prepping for that off season workload it's it's on the players and it's on the coaches i think i think that's awesome because i think that's not done enough you know checking in on you know doing some some gut checks and some coaching checks to say hey what how can we coach better you know maybe you you uh you wrote down your goals is to be a, a positive coach and you know worry more about the development than wins and losses and you found yourself you know half of the games just caring about wins and losses and that's it you know, being, being self-aware of that and talking to the other coaches. Maybe there's a couple other coaches that really fell into that as well and you found yourself doing the same thing and you're like, man, that's not the kind of coach I wanted to be, but that's the kind of coach that I was. So what adjustments can I make? And like Coach Steve said about the equipment, you know, do you need more baseballs? How is your ball bucket? Do you have your, uh, your pitch counter? Do you have your, your, your baller board? Do you have everything that you need to get ready for next season? Because at the end of the season is when a lot of the stuff goes on sale, Coach Steve. You can, sure get, you can get some cheap equipment at the end of the season. <laughs> so, so let's talk about the next topic, and that's parental engagement. You know, because communication is so key with the parents. And oftentimes, a lot of coaches just, 
all they care about is the kids in the game. But the parents have such an important role in, in their development, you know, being in on the meetings with you. And, and I'm talking, you know, I, I guess the, the younger players and the older players, the parents should be involved. The older they get, it's more on the kids, but the parents still want to know what's going on. But when the kids are only 10, 11, 12, 13, like they need to be in those meetings so that the word that you're saying to the players doesn't turn into something totally different when the player's trying to translate it back to the parent after a meeting. Hey, how'd the meeting with Coach Duke go? Well, I think it, next thing you know, they're saying who knows what, and you're like, wait, is that really what happened? You know, but, you know, as far as the, the, the training and all the stuff that goes along with it, you know, Coach Steve and I say this all the time. Sometimes we only have a player for 30 minutes. They have a 30-minute hitting les lesson with us, and then the rest of the, you know, the other seven days, the other six days, it's like, well, their parent's the one that's flipping balls or tossing balls or setting the ball on the tee. So you want them to, to be involved with their development. 100%. Really good there. Uh, your coaching journey, right, and, and continuous growth, which I think is something that, you know, we strive to be better every single yeah. day. And I think none of us have, as coaches have it all figured out, right? You know, there's coaches out there that might be, you know, super knowledgeable on a certain topic, and we might have struggled yeah. with it during the season. So, you know, when we're talking about, you know, prepping for the offseason, Duke talked about it, you know, right there on what can we do to be better, you know, giving yourself an honest evaluation of, yeah. you know what, I really need to imp improve myself as a coach on the pitching end or on the, on the defensive end or, you know, maybe we didn't really hit well, so what can I do better to teach these kids to, you know, perform better in the batter's boxes? So, you know, this winter, Coach Duke and I, we're going to the ABCA Coaches Convention where, you know, we're going to be surrounded by some of the greatest baseball minds in the world. You know, and I'm not saying you guys have to do that, but I think, you know, educating yourself and continuing to develop as a coach, um, whether it's philosophy, whether it's in-game management, whether it's handling player-parent issues, there's always things that we can do better. So I think, you know, as you go into the offseason, continue to grow, right? If you think you've got it all figured out, you definitely don't. Um, you know, we're surrounded by this game and we're fortunate enough to be in it every single day, um, you know, whether it's on the field or in the cage. You know, so we, we see it from the parents' perspective, from the players' perspective, our perspective as, as a coach in-game, and our, our job as a, an instructor and a coach, you know, in between those games with these kids. So, you know, we're always getting better. There's questions that I have for Duke. You know, I'll bounce ideas off him. He'll bounce ideas off me. You know, in-house we have coaches' clinics with, with our current coaches. You know, we have guys that specialize in pitching. Coach Duke and I don't. So if we are struggling with our pitching staff in the season, we'll ask those guys questions, you know, and vice versa. Those guys might be, um, you know, really well rehearsed in pitching, but not really know what drills to do at practice with their hitters. So we're, we're here to help them. So again, um, just be open, you know, be, be, uh, be open to criticism, to expand your knowledge. The game is always evolving. So I think it's our job as coaches to make sure we do the same. And we're always talking about being coachable. It's, you know, every year we have our coaches clinics and it's like you get some of those diehard coaches that can't wait to go to the clinic. But then you get some of those guys that are like, oh, my gosh, I have to go to this. And they've been coaching for a long time. And it's like, but then they go to it and they're like, this was the best thing ever. I can't wait for next year. And it's sometimes just, ah, I don't have it all figured out. Let me learn something. And then, wow, this is great. And you want to be coachable just like you want the kids to be coachable. We have to be coachable as well. So, I, uh, yeah, I agree. That, that's awesome. So the next topic is gearing up for next season, right? So you have to start thinking to yourself, if I had 12 players this year and now I'm only going to have nine, 
what players do I need? Do I need to go out and get a catcher? Do I need to get out and get a couple pitchers? Do I need to get a middle infielder? Like, what do you need to help your team for next season? You also have to start thinking about budgets and fundraising. Are you going to Cooperstown? Are you going to a week long at Ripken? Like, where are you going with your team so that you can start figuring out what kind of fundraising are you going to do if you need to do fundraising? What are some of those um, events that you're going to have to run to raise money to hopefully go out to Cooperstown? So what's the financial budget going to be like? Are you going to be traveling? Are you going to be going to hotels? What tournaments are you going to be playing? And what days are you going to start practicing? Like really starting to dive into next year just so you can plan those things. What fields are you going to use? Are you going to go indoors? Are you going to go outdoors? And trying to book that stuff. Because I know that in January 1st, every year, um, our director of our teams has to submit all the practice dates that he wants for all the local fields. Like January 1st, everybody puts them in. And if you go on January 2nd or 3rd, all those dates are almost swallowed up by everybody else. So I know for some of you, you have your own field, so that's fine. But Start thinking about those kind of things as you, you know, start gearing up for next season. I think personal time is, is also important. You know, we've been grinding. We've been out all spring, all summer, and now all fall. Um, so spending some time to, uh, you know, rejuvenate and recharge yourself. You know, for Duke and I, we like to play a little golf on the side. Finding something outside yeah. of just baseball to kind of, you know, give yourself a jump start. Um, you know, you coaches know there's, there's times you're on the field for 12 to 14 hours a day in the fall. Um, so spending time with your family, spending spending some time doing something that you love, yeah, and just taking a little bit of time away from the game always does good. You know, it gets you excited, it gets you refreshed, and uh, you know, you bounce back and you say, "Man, I can't wait for the the spring 2024 season." And it's so funny, you know, how many times you have the day off and you find yourself going to a baseball game, <laughs> right? Or, or you're watching or it. you're watching the game, or you're, and you're just like, "Wait a second, you have the day off." And you've been doing this all the time. You live it, and you're going to go watch a game. It's like, well, that's that's kind of what what we love doing. So, well, we hope uh, this helps everybody. You know, we're as the season's winding down, and as the next season's getting ready. You know, we really wanted to talk about some of the things that that you as coaches need to be doing, should be doing, and hopefully are doing as you head into the next season. So, thanks for listening to our Get Zoned In podcast. We hope you enjoyed the episode, and we will see you next time. Continue to help your players, parents, and fellow coaches dominate the diamond on and off the field. Thanks for watching.